Our scripture for today is a very famous one from the book of Matthew. Uh, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew. So if you want to turn with me, you can turn to Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Mrs. Lynde was almost blind and very hard of hearing. She had gradually become shut off from the world. Her health was slipping away, and now she was confined to a small room, having given up her house years ago. She had outlived her husband and most of her close friends. Very few people in her church even remembered her. She had lost almost everything, except for life itself. When a new pastor rolled into town, he inherited her name on a list of home visits that needed to be made. So this particular day, he raced over there to take care of this commitment. He'd been swamped this week with visions people had for the church, how they were falling short, but would require just a bit of time to fix it. He'd been called in for a staff issue on Friday, so his day off had been scrapped. Racing to the nursing home in the car, he actually prayed for God to get him through this thing so he could get back to work. So when he walked in, it was a humble scene he walked into at Mrs. Lynn's place. He tried to be cheery. She said something he couldn't understand. He said something back and she couldn't hear. It was clear they were not going to have a profound conversation. So he pulled out communion and he muttered the words, This is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. And they fumbled their way through communion. He guided her shaking hand to the bread and the cup on the little tray that he held out in front of her. And she spilled some of the juice on his slacks. And he thought to himself, just one more thing that's not going right today. He patted her on the back, said a prayer, and was leaving her room when he heard her begin to pray. Thank you, God for being so good to me. Thank you that I am not forgotten. Blessed are the poor in spirit. 
This piece of the Bible is called the Beatitudes, which just means blessings. These are the blessings, but they're rather strange. They're counterintuitive. They're difficult to explain. What's up is down and what's in is out. These blessings are flipped in ways that don't make sense. Matthew's Beatitudes are not your grandma's Beatitudes. Let me explain what I mean. My grandma was fond of saying, happier men with sensible wives. Happy are people who mind their tongue. And happy are women whose children make them glad. You see, in your grandma's Beatitudes, people are happy because their actions have led to some observable reward. X will lead you to Y. But you take Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. But plenty of people spend their lives getting walked over who are merciful. I wouldn't call that a blessing. Or blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. But you and I know plenty of people who are still mourning, and they feel no comfort. We wouldn't go up and don't ever do this to them and say, come on, smile. Don't you know? Jesus blesses those who are mourning. We don't step back and look at the world and come up with blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's not who we'd consider blessed. No, we would say blessed are those with a nice home and a good family. Obviously, those who are doing well are blessed. Obviously, I'm blessed because I have a home and a car and a husband and a daughter and good health. But Jesus says, no, blessed are the poor in spirit. He says, blessed are the merciful and the mourners. In Matthew, Jesus isn't naming those who are blessed by worldly standards. He's naming those who never seem to receive the blessings otherwise. Who gets blessed by the world for the quiet work of being pure in heart? Nobody. Who gets blessed for working for justice day in and day out? Not in this world. Not in the one we live. Who gets blessed for being meek? Don't the meek get looked over for the promotion? So how do you explain Mrs. Linz living in that nursing home? Outlived her husband, closest friends, forgotten by most of her church, living alone, and yet when the pastor prays with her, she says, thank you, God, for being so good to me. Thank you that I am not forgotten. The only explanation is that Mrs. Linz is blessed. Not by material goods, not even by family, we so easily identify as blessings, but by God, who blesses those who never seem to receive the blessings otherwise. When we read the Gospel of Matthew, if you know what to look for, you can see that Matthew is going out of his way to claim that Jesus is like a new Moses. We remember Moses, right, from the Old Testament. Both Moses and Jesus start life escaping a king who is trying to kill them. 
Both Moses and Jesus were not Egyptian, but grew up among Egyptians because of their escape from the evil king. Moses spends 40 years in the wilderness. Jesus spends 40 days in the wilderness, both fasts for 40 days and nights preparing for what is coming. And then after all of that, Jesus goes up on a mountain and starts to teach the Sermon on the Mount. And since now we're looking for it, you might remember that Moses, too, was led up the mountain. And that mountain, when Moses went up, was surrounded by smoke and thunder and lightning because God is on that mountain. And the people, they aren't allowed to go up the mountain with Moses because God is too holy and they're too messed up. Only Moses can go up because Moses was righteous enough. So Moses goes up the mountain and on the mountain, what does God do? He gives him the Ten Commandments. So when Jesus goes up the mountain, we might be expecting a new Ten Commandments. That's why a lot of people read the Beatitudes and think Jesus is telling them what we need to do. Commandments we need to follow. If you want to inherit the earth, you must be meek. It's a command. If you want to see God, you must be pure in heart different. Here, Jesus sees the crowd, so he goes up the mountain, and next, his disciples come to him. They go up the mountain with Jesus, a God who was once far off is now here, face to face. You see, Israel had spent all this time trying to climb into heaven, trying to keep enough laws, enough commands that they could get close to God, but you cannot climb your way into heaven. There isn't enough good that you or I could do. So instead of a new Ten Commandments, Jesus blesses the least, the last, the hurting, the lost. Blessed are those who mourn, those who have buried their loved ones, whose tears could fill the oceans. Blessed are the meek, the kid who sits alone at middle school lunch, and the laundry guys at hospitals, and the forgotten on the streets. Blessed are the merciful, the burned out social workers, and the overworked teachers, and the pro bono case takers. These aren't a description of how we can earn God's blessings. If we turn these into a list of rules to follow, thinking we need to mourn so God will bless us, we need to be meek so God will bless us, we make them about us. These blessings aren't about us. They're about Jesus' kingdom. As that kingdom... These aren't, first of all, blessings we hope to receive. These are blessings we hope to be. As followers of Jesus, we become the reason that the poor in spirit are blessed. Our hope as a church is that when those who mourn join us here, they leave comforted. Our hope as a church is that when the meek come here, they leave with what they need. When those thirsting for righteousness walk in these doors, they leave filled to the brim, ready to continue fighting for what's right. Isn't that our hope? 
That when people come here, they experience just for a moment, as imperfect as we all are, they experience God's kingdom, God's love here on earth. Because when we gather together here, we gather in the name of Jesus Christ. The same Jesus that cried at the tomb of his friend who had died. So we weep together. The same Jesus who turned the other cheek when he was hit, so we turn the other cheek. The same Jesus who forgave those who hung him on a cross, so we forgive. Jesus was God's beatitude. God's blessing to the weak in a world that only admires the strong. We have encountered that Jesus. We believe in that Jesus. We believe in him and love him, and that's why we gather here to worship him. And now Jesus is reigning with his Father in heaven, and we are here as his people, which means we are God's blessings. We are God's beatitudes sent out into the world. If you, like myself, are all too aware that it is not your strength and virtue that qualify you to be called a saint of Jesus Christ, but instead your need for God, who makes beautiful things out of dust, then the meal we will eat in just a minute is for you. It is as much for we who believe we have no need for it as it is for we who believe we are not worthy of it. You need it. I need it, we need it, because the world needs us. We are Christ's blessing sent out into the world. God is equipping us to be the Beatitudes in the world, and it begins here in worship together around Christ's table. Here, it is not your ability to do for yourself, but your hunger that qualifies you to be fed. It is just your hunger that qualifies you to be fed at God's table. The food is for the hungry, not the perfect, not those blessed with things in life, not those who can bless themselves, but for those who need to be blessed and want to go out to be a blessing. It is the beatitude meal. The broken are blessed and given the body of Christ. You see, when we eat, we eat of a broken body, a broken body, a body that mourned, a body whose spirit was forsaken, a body that showed mercy and fought for what is right. We feast on Jesus Christ, who lived his life so the poor in spirit might know that they are blessed by bringing them into the kingdom of heaven. He lived so those mourning might be comforted and so that the meek would inherit the earth. He lived so that those who hungered and thirsted for righteousness might be filled and the merciful might be shown mercy. Isn't that a place you want to live? Isn't it? Because we can be that place. We are called to be that place. As the church, it is our reason for being to be a place where these blessings are made real. Is that a place you want to live? Is that a place you want to be? 
a place defined by comforting, providing, forgiving, by justice and righteousness and purity of heart. I'm not saying it'll be easy. The last beatitude, it's a blessing for when people insult you and persecute you, when they call you foolish behind your back, when they say you're being naive or wasting your potential. The world will not understand why you come here every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. And they will certainly not understand why you march forward in two lines to come to this table for a morsel of bread and a sip of juice. They won't understand. It's hard enough for us to understand. This isn't how the world blesses. But that's because these blessings don't come from the world. They come from God. Mrs. Lynde knew that. She knew. She was living it. When the world took everything from her that was the world's to take, and all the things we call blessings, home, car, family, health, were gone, she tasted the body and blood of Jesus Christ and said, Thank you, God, for blessing me. She tasted the body and blood of Jesus Christ and said, Thank you, God, for blessing me. Is that a place you want to live? I want to. Lord, we believe that this meal is the beatitude meal, where the broken are blessed and given the body of Christ. We believe that we are called to be blessings out in this world, to bring comfort to those who mourn, to show mercy to those who are merciful. Lord God, to reach out to the poor in spirit and to remember the meek. Lord, we believe that we are to be blessings to this world. But Lord God, in order to be blessings, we must first realize that the blessings that you give are the only blessings we need. Lord, we need your body and we need your cup. Lord God, we need you to fill us so that we look more and more like you and less and less like ourselves. So fill <coughs> us this morning that we might become beatitudes in a broken and hurting world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.